What's going on? According to sources, man, I am the guy, SD2 Mike Sean Davis. We are back in the building. Uh, we're going to give a special playoff or hold off for our playoff podcast until we reach the conference semifinals. We made that decision. We pretty much knew how this first round was going to go. So we'll wait until next round to really dig into the playoffs. But as always, I got my guys running the wing, running this three-man weave. It is my guy, Brian Crawford. As you can see right there, you can follow him, B underscore Craw 4D. My boy, Chris Kaysen at C4 Dunk. Uh, Brian Crawford down in uh, the Dirty South television production doing this thing c4 bringing you stuff from the bubble nba bubble talking about how these athletes are being taken care of and how the nba is going about uh taking care of the athletes and making sure that there are no breakouts inside of the nba bubble that was a great piece you wrote for gq c4 uh, let's get into it man the bulls come up with the fourth overall pick it seems like the last two years this new system has given teams at the bottom of the lottery, an opportunity to jump into the top three. Uh, we saw New Orleans jump all the way up to number one. The Bulls jump up from that, that I call it a cursed seventh pick that they consistently get up to the number four pick. Your thoughts about the top three picks right now? Your, your thoughts about the top three picks? That's uh, Minnesota, Golden State, and then MJ snuck in at number three. Uh, I don't think Golden State is going to pick in that second spot. I think they're probably going to make a trade or something like that. Um, the first pick, you know, Minnesota, they get the number one pick, which is, you know, that's a good pick for their franchise considering, you know, the, the guys that could potentially go one, you know, one, two or three in this particular draft. Um, you know, I think it's good for a young team, a young franchise that, you know, could potentially be sold to like their greatest player ever, Kevin Garnett. You know, I think that's a good start. So, but I mean, the only thing I'm, I'm probably certain of is that Golden State probably does not pick. And I think they make a trade at some point. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just want to see what Charlotte does at number three. I mean, Mike has been. They've had they've been in the lottery a few years, and I mean he's he's gotten like some, you know, some serviceable players, but there hasn't really been like that. Mike has never like knocked it out of the park with, you know, a high lottery pick. So I mean I'm interested to see what they do there. Uh, like BC said, I don't think Golden State uh, keeps that second pick. I think they package it, you know, possibly with Wiggins or you know, whoever to get, you know, another, another star there in Golden State, because they're going to be, they're going to be healthy next year. And they're going to be looking to try and get back to contention. Uh, Minnesota, a uh, lot of great energy um, in many, you got a very young, uh, very young group there. Uh, interested to see what they do, what direction they chose to go with. I mean, do you, do you go Anthony Edwards? Do you go LaMelo Ball? Uh, so, I mean, the ball's in their court, but it's really no, like, clear, like, after those first three guys, like, everything else is, like, off the table. Like, uh, I think what hurt this year, there was no March Madness, so a lot of guys' profile, you know, didn't get a chance to rise, you know, just due to that. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happened. Uh, one of the things we got into it uh Myself and BC, we we're talking about Minnesota, and you mentioned that, Chris. Just very interesting in seeing what they could possibly do at that number one pick. Uh, people forget, literally, Cat just talked Minnesota and their top brass into trading for D'Angelo Russell, a good friend of his, to pair him with D'Angelo Russell. And if they do come to the decision, as BC said in our conversation, that LaMelo Ball is an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell, do you take the chance of upsetting Cat and moving D'Angelo Russell and then drafting LaMelo Ball? I think it would be very interesting. BC, that's business. That's the NBA. Like you said, Cat needs to grow up because if that's the decision they make, he's going to have to live with it and ball out. But I just, I just think it would be really hard, a hard decision. I'm not going to say what they're going to do. I just think it will be a hard decision either way. I mean, I don't think it's that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, you know, all right, so if you if you keep D'Angelo Russell, then obviously, you know, Edwards is your pick. 
at number one. But I mean, if you're looking for a guy, you know, to pair with, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, somebody who can score, but who is a much more willing passer, who can see the floor a lot better than D'Angelo Russell. I mean, obviously, you know, D'Angelo Russell got some pro experience, you know, under his belt and everything like that. But, you know, I think if you're talking about building the future, I've always said that you don't pass on, like, franchise point guards. It's just something you don't do. It's big man and franchise point guards you just don't pass on. And so when you got a guy like, you know, LaMelo Ball in the mix, who, you know, is, is obviously, you know, he's been playing pro ball for it like the last three years. Um, to me, I think he's a lot better than his brother and has a much higher ceiling. And I mean, I think if it come down to LaMelo and D'Angelo, you know, Russell, you trade D'Angelo and, and you go with LaMelo and Cat just going to have to deal. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to disagree there just because I think if you're – if you're in a situation like Minnesota, the last thing you want to do is upset like a franchise guy. So you already, I mean, you don't want to go, you don't want to piss him off and then have him like basically looking for his way out of there because then you just got, then you'll just have LaMelo there. And now you're trying to recruit guys to come to Minnesota, which doesn't happen. So, I mean, Minnesota hasn't really done anything, you know, after, you know, Tibbs after the firing of Tibbs, but you know, you know, losing Cat could basically have you in the lottery for like the next decade or so. So I think it's a situation where you're going to have to take, you know, the word of uh, D'Angelo and now Cat. You're going to have to go uh, Anthony Edwards number one. You know, to pair to pair those guys with it. I do agree that Lamelo ceiling is a lot a lot higher than his brothers and he does have the talent to be a franchise point guard. I just don't think you want to upset a franchise, like, you know, five, you know, a guy who's that skill, you don't want to upset him and have him looking for his way out because we've seen it. Even guys that are locked into these long-term deals, if they're unhappy, they're going to force their way out. They're going to find a way out. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the only reason I the only reason I say that is because you know you're gonna have Carl Anthony Towns for at least seven years, right? So you know that means at least three of those years he's gonna be playing with Lamelo Ball. For me, it just doesn't even make sense to pass up on Lamelo for a guy that's already been traded three times. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some there's like D'Angelo Russell has been moved from the Lakers, and he went to Brooklyn, and he went to Golden State. And now he's in Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? He's on his fourth team, and he might still be on his rookie deal. You know what I'm saying? So that that to me is a is a serious red flag. And I think you know I think I know Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell is cool because they're from the same class and everything like that. But you know, again, it goes back to business, and 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 you got to make the best move for the franchise. And if Carl Anthony Towns wants out, you know, at some point. I mean, he's not going to pass up that money, you know, when it comes to that extension. If he wants out, Minnesota can get something for him. So he really has no leverage other than the fact that he's just going to be upset for a little while. Yeah, I think I see both sides of the coin, man. I see where Minnesota doesn't want to upset the franchise guy. They clearly made a decision to take his back in the Jimmy Butler situation. Uh, when they got rid of Andrew Wiggins, they made him the core and the foundation of the youth movement and what they were doing going forward. The guys they picked up in the Denver trade, the guys that got back in the Golden State trade. So it's going to be hard. And Anthony Edwards is that guy. He fits right in with D'Angelo Russell and also Cat. Uh, they got Malik Beasley and a lot of other young pieces. And then LaMelo Ball. Look, is are we just agreeing that we think LaMelo Ball is a better ball player than D'Angelo Russell? Are we agreeing think, on that? I think he has a higher ceiling. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, if he doesn't go first, he could potentially slip to four. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he could end up in the bull. So, I mean, I mean, this, you know, it could go either way. I don't think Mike passes up on him, but I mean, there's a strong possibility that he could. Yeah, it's a, it's a draft with, you know, one move or one, somebody doing one thing can affect like those top three guys the way, you know, they go. I don't think it, I don't really think um, like Wiseman falls, you know, out of those top three pick, but, you know, for, I think it's one and I think out of those top three guys, LaMelo is the one who may could fall out of that uh, 
that top three, depending on how things go. But yeah, I just don't see too much slippage there. No, I think I think we lost. I think we lost. I think we lost. Yep. I think we lost Sean. But yeah, man. I you know what? I just I don't know. I think I think for the fourth spot for the Bulls being the fourth spot, it's a it, it's a tough place to be in. It is. I mean, you know, you got you got obviously Anthony Edwards, you got Lamelo Ball, you got James Wiseman, who I think you know Golden State probably picks and then you know trades them to somebody. You know what I'm saying? So it could. It could go either way, but I think you know if you the Bulls in that fourth spot, you might want to try it up if you can. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned earlier that D'Angelo. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he did sign his second deal. Yeah, both both of them. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the thing with D'Angelo, if you look back, I mean, I think he got caught up in just that free agents stuff. Like Brooklyn, Brooklyn basically had Kyrie coming over there, so you know if you're picking between. Right. Kyrie and D'Angelo, you're taking Kyrie just because of that was KD's best friend. That's basically what got KD uh, to Brooklyn. So, um, yeah. I mean, and he was only going to run away Golden State anyway. We knew he wasn't yeah. going to be there for long. So, yeah, yeah, that was a sign and trade. That was a sign and trade between Brooklyn and Golden State. Yep. And we knew that he was going to be an asset to be moved at a later date, and that's what ended up happening. So, uh, that number one pick is it up? We know the number two pick is probably going to be shop. Is the number one pick up to be shop? I mean, you said Anthony Edwards is the only person that really makes sense at that spot. Would Minnesota take offers on the number one spot? I don't think so. Just because. I don't think so. Yeah, I just think if they're in a they're in a rebuilding situation, I mean, you have two, uh, you have franchise guy and cat. You have you know his best friend there. And now you just pretty much the only thing that makes the Anthony Edwards pick tough because you got Jerry, you just drafted Jerry Culver there. You got Malik Beasley. You got like some, uh, you have other wings there too. So do you really, do you pretty much like look to shop Jerry Culver now and bring in Anthony Edwards? So, I mean, they have some decisions. I don't see them moving that pick at all. Uh, just right. because looking at what are they what are they trading for? Like, are you getting veteran to come over there and um, you know play with those guys? I don't think so. I think they stay young. All right, I mean, I think you know. What? Oh, go ahead. No, I was no, saying I think you could probably you could. But go ahead, BC. No, I'm saying you could probably move Jared Culver to like three. You know, Anthony Edwards. You know, both those guys are kind of interchangeable at those spots. So I mean, you know, you could find a way to make it work. You know, the, the question is just in the point guard situation. Do you, you know, do you go with D'Angelo or do you, you know, go with LaMelo? So the question I asked before we had the uh, interruptions, the technical difficulties was, are we all agreeing that LaMelo is a better player than D'Angelo Russell off the rip? Better player? Not right now. Higher ceiling? I think most definitely. Yeah, I mean, they both do two completely uh, different things. I look at it's still it's yet to be seen what um, Melo is pretty much going to be a floor general, but he can score. I mean, and D'Angelo, D'Angelo just loves to score. Very great in the pick and roll. Melo is also great in the pick and roll, and it's hard for me to say, like a kid just coming in is better than a seasoned pro. But, yeah, I think the ceiling is definitely higher, you know, when you look at, Lamelo being six seven six eight, and he's going to be a matchup nightmare. Like majority of nights, once everything, once he gets established in the league, and once he pretty much gets the hang of everything. All right, then. You know it's it's tough to pass on something like that. Like that, like he's almost like a good nature. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Clay Thompson comes back healthy for Golden State. They get Steph Curry back healthy and then Draymond Green. They had a young lot of young players developed this year. I like the Eric Pascal kid. He developed very well during the season. Number two pick. If Anthony Edwards goes number one, as we think he will, based upon what we just talked about. Do they dare? They won't take LaMelo, which BC goes to the point that LaMelo might actually fall in the Bulls' lap at four, which I think they will be totally happy with. 
They're going to be big-time players in free agency. Do they just shop this pick? Is it just known around the league that they're going to be able to shop this pick right now? Does everybody know, like, Golden State's trading that pick? I mean, I'm saying they probably pick Wiseman for somebody else, you know, whether they be Philly and try to get him beat or, you know, whatever else they try to do. You know, James Wiseman. Now you brought up that trade. You brought up that trade. What pieces can Golden State send to get him beat? I mean, that would have to be Wiseman and who else? I mean, they, they're not going to give up the big one of the of the trio, right? They're not going to give up Clay. They're not going to give up Draymond. So who's going to go to Philly along with Wiseman to be able to get Joel Embiid to Golden State? I mean, the only other I mean, the only other big contract player they got is Wiggins. You know what I'm saying? But I don't really think you got to give up much. I really don't. I mean, I mean, I think I think Philly is sold on uh, Ben Simmons for whatever reason is being the guy. And you know, if they just want to get rid of Embiid. They give them away. Yeah, I think the consistency is that you know they'll look to move that pick just because of where that just in terms of like that core group. That core group is looking to compete right away next season and bringing a young guy in there to try and develop isn't something they're looking for. So I think they're going to have a lot of options, and there's going to be a lot of people calling. Um, you know, that phone on draft night. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's already conversations going on now. I think Wiseman is going to be, you know, a pick that ends up being for somebody else. Or Minnesota could shock everybody and get Wiseman and try to do some twin towers type of thing. You know, I think Wiseman does have a versatile enough game. But, you know, this draft is – we know who those top three guys are going to be. But, like I said, one move fits way thing – you know, to pretty much just throw a monkey wrench and everything. With that being said, is there any way LaMelo sneaks past Michael Jordan at three? No. No, I don't think so either. I don't think Mike would ever let him slip past and get yeah. to the floor. Yeah, yeah, I got Mike. Yeah, I think too highly of Mike to get <laughs> decision. Listen, man, Mike has made some bad drafts, but he ain't, he ain't no damn fool. Hey, we not said, said that before. I don't know. Mike, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't think Terry Rozier and uh, what's the kid name? Yeah, I don't think, no. He'd be stupid to do something like that, man. You see, Mike, Mike dealing with, you know, LeVar Ball for three, four years. You know what? I think I think that's an overblown issue, man. Like, like too, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like his like LeVar Ball, like his 15 minutes been up. I don't nobody care about that no more. Well, we get to the Bulls at number four. And before we start talking about possible options for them, AK, uh Arturis Karnashovic, he talked to the media on Friday. One of the things he said that was very interesting is that he's not in a rush. Fired Jim Boylan last week, and he's not in a rush to hire the next coach. Now, conventional wisdom would have you think that they would have a coach in place to be able to bring these guys in, work them out, go through the draft process to be able to make a decision upon the guy that they want. Do you believe that he's going to be very patient and not be in a rush, or do you think he already has the guy in mind that he wants in place and he's just playing hush with us? I don't think he has to be in a rush because, you know, I think you said it on Twitter a couple of days ago. This year is interesting because free agency comes before the draft. You but know what I'm saying? Time, so, right. Yeah. So it, so I think I think that's something that nobody is really talking about because I think, you know, whatever happens in free agency obviously is going to affect what happens in the draft. Um, you know, like me and Chris were saying when we had difficulty, being in that fourth spot, man, is tough because – you know who the top three players are, and you're rolling the dice on pretty much everybody else at that point. So it's like, you know, do you try to address certain needs of free agency, or do you try to, you know, try to use the draft to fill some holes? I mean, you got, you know, you got some assets that you can trade that people, you know, will have conversations with you on the phone about. So, I mean, the Bulls are in a, in a tough situation, but also in a unique one in that they can actually come out on top and, in this particular situation. So, you know, somebody else could potentially draft for them. We don't know. So, you know, we'll see. But, I, you know, I can understand why AK is not in a rush. And, you know, being in this, you know, being in the fourth spot, 
Mm, I don't know. That, that that just don't really feel good to me. Because then, you know, you got a couple Euro guys that you're looking at who are always hit or miss. Um, you know, you got some college guys that could potentially shock people like Cole Anthony and, you know, guys like that. So, you know, I think I think at this point, if you AK, you listening to everything, and your eyes is open and, you know, all options on the table. Yeah, and I don't think you need to – just going back to the coaching thing, you really don't need to make um, or be in a hurry because a lot of the coaching candidates are still – you know, busy, you know, um, with their respective team, you know, in the bubble for the playoffs. Uh, so you really, you pretty, pretty much wait till uh, a lot of teams get eliminated and then you can go through like the interview process. Then I think most interview process are going to be virtual now. So you can pretty much have those like whenever. Right. And, you know, there's really no rush. Next season looks like it's going to be pushed back past December now. So, like there's no rush on any front for that. With the Bulls being in the fourth spot, I mean it's a very good position. They can choose to go a number of ways. Um, me, what I think they need is they'll prob- probably need to look up like sure up that wing position. Uh, if you're me, and I do think you need to give uh, you know a guy like Kobe White a full shot at seeing what he can do at that one spot, and then go forward just because you know. Kind of had a niche. Uh, the it's one thing, I do, yeah. The it's one thing, the one thing Jim Boylan did good last year was just kind of pretty much bringing Kobe along slowly. Kobe like develop a niche coming off that that um, bench and just basically like going to work in terms of scoring and not putting the pressures of trying to run the offense, trying to get the team into their offense right away because I don't think he was ready for that at all. Um, so the Bulls have a lot of things and a lot of um, a lot of situations that can go good for them this year. I mean, we look at the Otto Porter. He'll he'll pick up that um, that player option. Could be a trade trade bait uh, sometime. Um, you know, whenever whenever we get to the trade deadline next year, whenever that is. And I, the one reason why I say they need to show up that wing there because you got. You got Otto Porter there. I think he only played 14 games this year due to injury. You got Chandler Hudson's second year. He's been bothered by injuries the first two years. So you need somebody to shore up that spot. Uh, but you could go also go point guard, too. I mean, and see if Kobe is happy coming off that bench in that six-man role, you know, all of James Harden and uh, OKC. No comparisons, though. No comparisons. C4, you were shaking your head, man. What's, what's personal with you and Kobe White? What's up? Oh, you, you talking me, man? Yeah, send that boy up, man. Get that boy up out of here, man. If you could get somebody better than Kobe White, you better do it. I don't know. So I mean, basically, if they if they wanted Lamelo Ball, and this is my problem with the Chicago Bulls because I feel like in the last four years they've had opportunities to like somebody, be aggressive, and go get them. C4, you talked about on the previous podcast that they were they loved Trey Young. They Trey loved him. And if you love him, go get him. Go get him. Go get him. And if they're in a position to where they fall in love with LaMelo Ball, I hope AK has the guts to say, I'm going to get my guy. That's my point guard for the next 10 years. I'm going to get him. That's my franchise cornerstone, one of them moving forward i'm going to get him and i'm going to give up whatever pieces people think might think i need to hold on to i'm going to give them up to go get what i know is going to be the cornerstone of the program moving forward hopefully he has that guts the guts to do it yeah i mean he's, better. he's, yeah. Better he's just he's um i think he said he was just like looking at talent you know whatever the best talent is he'll take so if lamello's there at four you got to grab them and you figure it, you figure uh, the rest of things out, you know, in training camp or during the remainder of the off season. I mean, if LaMelo is there, well, who, does, who does Michael Jordan take at three? A big guy. Mike loves big guys, man. I, I keep telling you, y'all give Mike way too much credit. Mike may take the, at, the, front, the French kid. At I'm not even thinking about Michael Jordan. I think Rich Cho is way smarter than that. Yeah, who who has the final word there? So you think Michael fall in love with you think Michael fall in love with Denny? 
Is that what you're saying? I, don't know. I mean, I'm just going back, you know, I'm just giving Mike a hard time just from like historically what we've seen, you know, from Mike in terms of like draft picks. I mean, he's got it, he's he got it right on Kimba. Who else has he got it right on? Uh that's the only one he got right. You can you can say you can say Miles Bridges. Um uh, yep, that that's that's pretty much been it. Michael draft like a Carolina guy or you know, something he'll fall in love with, like somebody from from in that region. So yeah, I mean, this is this is an important draft. This is important it, for them as you well. You know what? If he like Carolina guys, give him Kobe White. We'll take a third <laughs> <place>. <laughs> That'll be a that'll be profitable for both teams. I think North Carolina people will probably love Kobe White coming home Amen. and Lamelo can come to Chicago. <laughs> so just, you go, just you don't send just don't send Terry Rosier back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send him back. Get a third team involved. Oh, man. According to sources, my guys, Chris Case and Brian Crawford, man, you can follow us on all streaming platforms. We're talking about the Bulls getting the fourth pick in the upcoming 2020 NBA draft via the draft lottery. And Arturis Karnaschovas talked about showing patience not only with his coach, but with the process. We just talked about what they draft up, a move up in the draft to get the number two pick to assure themselves of getting LaMelo Ball or whomever they might think would be the cornerstone for the franchise and the program moving forward. Are you buying all of this patience that AK is talking about, or do you think he wants to win next year? Do you think he's coming in saying, you know what, I got a two-year plan that's going to get us in place, or do you feel like he's sitting back saying, look, I want to surprise the league next year. I'm going to make moves to make sure that we're in the playoffs and we're competing. I mean, he ain't got nothing to win with. At all? No. No, I've always I've always said this team talent-wise is a lot better than what you know that the level they played up to. I think a large part of that has just been the direction that these guys have gotten. And that goes right back to boiling. Those guys did not like playing for him whatsoever. I mean, and when you're a professional, if you if you're coming to work dreading like dealing with the boss, you're not gonna go out there and put forth like the maximum effort. The fact that two guys and Zach and Lori had to have a private conversation somewhat like I think like 20 games into the season where they're like, hey, I know they got you playing this way, but we're going to start running some pick and rolls to get you more involved in the offense. The fact that those two have to come together and have that conversation and actually go against what the coaching coaching is calling on the sidelines, that tells me a lot. So I think this team is a lot better. Like, can you tell me, can you really say that the Bulls are worse than the Orlando Magic right now who made the a spot Definitely. i mean i think from a I, think orlando, I think orlando got better players i mean um, i don't think i don't think i don't think wendell is good i don't think um i mean i think Lori has regressed to the point to where we need to start being worried about him yeah um, what is that a byproduct of though i mean it could be a byproduct of injury it could be a byproduct of coaching I mean, I mean, it could be all of those things, but I'm only going off what I see, and I understand everything that's going on behind that. But from what I see, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. I'm not sold on Kobe. I think Otto Porter was a waste of money. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I don't, I don't believe in them dudes like at all, and I definitely don't believe in that roster. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, you get another coach to come in and get those guys to play a better way, you know, and, and play with a higher energy. But I think that's a big what if based off what we've seen the last two seasons from them. No, I just think. What do you think about? No, go ahead. What do you think about? We we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Like, forget judging the talent on the roster. I'll give you a team, and you tell me moving forward, would you rather have the Bulls roster or would you rather have that roster? The Sacramento Kings. Oh, the Bulls. Oh, the the Atlanta Hawks. Gotta be ATL, sorry. Yeah, it's got. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about roster makeups. I'm thinking about what the players can eventually be. I would take Sacramento and Atlanta's roster over the Bulls right now. You would take both of the rosters over the Chicago Bulls right now. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Just Sacramento because I think they're going to get to. They're getting ready 
they'll possibly lose uh, Bogdanovich because it makes no sense, you know, to pay him and Buddy Hill. And then you got De'Aaron coming up again. Uh, Marvin Bagley has been kind of up and down. Then he's already gave up on Buddy Hill too. No, he got paid already. So that's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, when you I got bet, like, but they benched him. He coming off the bench. He barely played in the bubble. I think that was more so just because of where they were at. I mean, they got Harrison Barnes over there now, so trash. Yeah, <laughs> you take a Sacramento, Atlanta. I'll probably pick pick Atlanta over pick Atlanta over Chicago, but I mean that's a tough one. That's like neck and neck. The Charlotte, no, no, Chicago. You take the Bulls over them. All right, so you're taking the Bulls over the Charlotte Hornets and and no, Atlanta, give, right? No, you give me give me Sacramento and Atlanta. Only person I would take over, um, I would take Atlanta over the Bulls, and I would take Sacramento and Atlanta over. The, um, yes, I would take Sacramento and Atlanta over the Bulls, not Charlotte. Yeah, I would just pick Atlanta over the Bulls just in terms of talent, but they're neck and they're neck and neck to me. So that leads right into my next point. One of the things that AK did as soon as he got in here, one of the first moves he made was to eradicate the organization of the training staff. Like, first move out the door. Get rid of this training staff. The history of injuries that suffered by the young players on this team, the lack of development, which goes directly to the assistant coaches, which will make the head coach hire and who he brings in vitally important. And I'm sure AK and Mark Eppersley would be connected to that. But with that being said, how much does the training staff play into what he does as far as moving pieces and looking at what he has? Because he has to be able to look at tape and say, okay, Laurie isn't healthy, but, man, is he moving forward? Can we keep him healthy? And that helps make a decision of whether or not I move this piece. A guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who I think is a very good player, but when you have somebody that has core muscle injuries, that's a big deal for me. A core muscle injury is like, is his explosiveness going to be impacted by that? Is he ever going to be the same player that we thought he was coming out of Duke down in the middle? Can he be the rim protector? Yeah, he's stretching out trying to shoot the three. But other than that, how is his game going to develop? I think that's very important and what AK is looking at looking at the medicals for these guys far more than what they did on the court because the young talent has hasn't been on the court to be honest Man, they haven't I, been think them, court. I think them young dudes just didn't want to play that could be it too bc because of the I situation they want to play yeah I think they want to play like they checked out on boiling a long time ago you know what i'm saying a long time ago like like chris said like when you hate coming to work and you hate playing for your boss, man. You would do anything to like use, not all, your, use all your sick days up. Yeah, yeah, all your sick days, man. Like, nah, I, I can't go, coach. <laughs> nah, nah, no. nah, doc, this still hurt. You know, what I'm saying? I need like another week. I need another ten days. You know, what I'm saying, oh man, I think I tweaked something else. They ain't want to play for him, man. So, I, but I will say that you know the Bulls training staff and their medical staff has been terrible. Um, you know, we saw that going back to the Derrick Rose era, you know, the Luol Dang. I'll never forget that. Like, how you get somebody a spinal tap in the middle of the playoffs, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you do that? So, I mean, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't do themselves any favors. I'll say that. But, I mean, as far as, like, guys, like, being hurt, I just think a lot of them cats just didn't want to play. Yeah, I mean, the Chicago's issue has been keeping, like, that, "Quote unquote core on the floor together. We haven't seen them play play enough. I mean, most of their chemistry is coming in practices, and you know it really wasn't translating to games because right when it seemed they would find a groove, somebody would go down, miss a couple of weeks, a guy come back, then another guy go down for another couple of weeks, and it's a lot of like really fluke and like freak occurrences just as far as injuries. So I really don't want to say like the." You know, a medical staff failed because a lot of these guys do have pre-existing conditions when they're even drafted into the league. So that team is tasked with, you know, maintaining like those injuries or trying to find a way to maintain this high level athlete who already has like a pre-existing condition or like a deteriorating, you know, issue 
and basically just trying to find the best program to keep them out there on the floor and keep them productive. So, uh, but medical staff is highly important um, just as far as recovery, nutrition, uh, maintenance, like low monitoring, all of that stuff. So, um, and uh, AK is coming from, uh, in my opinion, one of like uh, the team with probably like the top medical and training staff uh, in the league. When you look at what they've been able to do, just I would say even when going back to Carmelo Anthony being over there, when you look at just the program Denver has had. So uh, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, I also think, you know, if players can trust their medical staff, you know, that's always a plus going forward. Well, a lot of GMs jumped out on Twitter uh, late Thursday night, Friday, coming up with a lot of trades when they found out the Bulls will get the fourth pick. And uh, a lot of a lot of four. Laurie Levine and the kitchen sink going to Philly for Ben Simmons. I saw a lot of that. <laughs> BC, you shaking your head. You you just show no love for that cat Ben Simmons, huh? Man, listen. If you bring Ben Simmons to Chicago, who you gonna play with? You got to give up for everybody else. And you know, you know what I'm saying. And, and you know Ben Simmons for. As multi-talented as he is, there's a lot of things he can't do. And so, you know what I'm saying? He got to be in the in, in the in the best situation possible. And you definitely don't want Ben Simmons to be, I don't even want to say your, number, your, your best player, but he definitely can't be your number one option. If Ben Simmons is your number one option, you got problems. Honestly, I'm going to tell you what I'm leaning towards right now in my gut. Going to get LaMelo at any cost, not any cost, but at a good cost, I don't care if you have to get the third pick. I don't care if you have to get the second pick to solidify you getting LaMelo ball. And then just letting Kobe White try to work himself into that Lou Williams role. If you're going to keep him, let him be that guy off the bench. That when he comes off the bench, he can just be offensive, be a lead guard, especially when Zach goes to the bench. And let it happen, man. I don't know if he can be that true point guard, but there really aren't a lot of true point guards in the NBA right now anyway. Most point somebody guards are lead guards by definition. Somebody got to explain to me what I'm missing in Kobe White. I don't get it. I got to see what you're, you're not saying. Like what, what am I looking at? Tell me what I'm looking at. I mean, quickness, can shoot the three, which is pretty much basically like half, half half the game now. I mean, if you can get to the rim and shoot the three, you're valuable. Collapse the defense. The only thing right now is just like facilitating, being able to get a team in the offense. That's really um, what's going to be next and, you know, his development. But, I mean. I mean, can he shoot the three or is he just streaky? I mean, he's a rookie, he's a rookie too. So I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't really say a guy's just a bona fide, you know, shooter. But I mean, he's a scorer. Basically, he's been a scorer since high school. So that's the one thing. That's basically what his skill set is now. I mean, and now you, you, I think, like I said, I give props to Jim Boylan for bringing him along slowly and basically dumbing things down to basically like, hey, look, this is your only job when you get in. Go in there, be aggressive get your shot. And then, you know, I think they tried to start him, you know, for the last later half of the um, later half of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how him and Zach can fit together, given like prolonged playing time together. Can you upgrade Kobe White? I mean, you can upgrade anybody on You can upgrade any position on this team, to be honest with you. If you think Man, if you upgrade, if you can upgrade Kobe White, then you upgrade Kobe White. <laughs> The only person I think you don't touch is Zach. Everybody else, you can get rid of. All right, one name you're going to hear with that fourth spot if the Bulls have to take that pick and don't move anywhere in the draft, which AK is comfortable. He's very comfortable picking in the teens. That's where he had to pick. I think Jamal Murray was his highest pick that he had to deal with at the seven mm -hmm. for the Denver Nuggets. And uh, he's at the four. He spoke about that Friday this being the highest he's been in the draft with a pick. So it'll be interesting in how he does things. He said he's going to get the best player available. And uh, the rest of the draft lottery order pans out. Cavs at five, Hawks at six, Pistons at seven, 
the Knicks just can't catch a break in this draft lottery, man. <laughs> All the way down to eight for the, the Knicks. The Wizards said nine. The Suns at ten. The Spurs and the Celtics at number 14. This draft, this draft is getting a bad rap, in my opinion, as we get ready to wrap up, man. I'll, I'll just say this. I had an opportunity to watch a lot of these guys work in production for college basketball, the gig, and I got a chance to see a lot of these guys. I actually produced Cole Anthony's first ACC conference game against Notre Dame, and the show he put on that night. I mean, the Bulls could take him. I knew that night. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's one and done. And I felt like that night he was top three at that point, the kid that I saw. Of course, he got injured, and we weren't able to see. So, you know, we'll see what the medical say about that kid. But just from a talent standpoint and distributing and getting his own bucket and no one can stop him from getting to the rim, like that dude fits the bill. Yeah, like, I know a lot of a lot of mocks have him going in the teams. If it's one guard besides LaMelo that I know for sure has an NBA game and can dominate because I've seen it, I think it's Cole Anthony. And he had nothing to play with. I think he had one guy. I forget the uh, the young big guy that played power forward. He got injured as well for North Carolina, and their season was pretty much derailed after that. Well, that was really the only other offensive threat on the team. Besides Cole Anthony. So I think that's a sleeper moving forward. But the one guy I want you guys to chime in on is Denny Avia. Denny Avia, the 6'7 kid, uh, the Israeli kid, poor pick. And, of course, because of AK, they're going to say, man, he, he scouts European leagues. He knows those guys. I saw a lot of Bulls fans on social media Friday morning falling in love with the guy and falling in love with the YouTube videos. What do you think about this kid as we get ready to close? I don't have an opinion. I ain't really watching this. I'm just, I'm just really skeptical of Euros in general. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, forever, you know, for every Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic, you got a Mario Hazonia, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm just go withhold my judgment until I sit down and actually watch some film with this kid. But I don't really know. I don't, I don't have an opinion yet. So you don't agree. I know I don't agree with the Luca 2.0 thing. I hear a lot of people saying that he's Luca 2.0. He don't even have that His body. body is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he might be like the second coming to Tony Kukoc or something like that. Um, you know, is I mean he obviously he he plays in a tough league, mm -hmm. and so he's got that going for him, but you know. Those leagues and the NBA are two totally different things. You know, I mean, Nico went back to the crib. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't handle it. And he was getting that same type of hype, too. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. I'm saying right. this is, is that. But like I said, you know, you're rolling the dice on these European players. And just from looking at his body type, that's already like a red flag to me. So, I mean, like I said, I, I've only seen like probably like a minute of film with this kid. And from what I've seen, I've seen talent. I don't know if it's the type of talent that the Bulls need to turn the course of their franchise. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that sticks out to me and just watching, like, the clips of them is just versatility. I think 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and from the looks of it, you know, you can play them probably from positions two through Four, perhaps, depending on what lineups are out there, definitely needs to bulk up, which is like most cases with like anybody coming into the league now. But it's like it's tough to like grade those prospects, you know, over there, especially just from you have like just clips of them. You don't know if it translate over into this game because the play is way different, even though a lot of Euros now are finding out it's a lot easier to play over here now because things aren't as physical over here. So I'm pretty sure AK and those guys are going to do their homework, but I mean, he fits right into what I think the bulls need is in this draft. Uh, one of their needs, uh, which is, you know, getting somebody to shore up, 
you know, that wing just because Otto Porter Jr., I think he's a trade, he's a trade trip uh, chip uh, at the trade deadline next year has 28 million that'll be coming off the cap. I mean, then you have Chandler Hudson, Hutchinson, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, you know, his first two years in the league. They need to trade Otto Porter. Right. Get his ass out of here. <laughs> ABC, another guy that's going to be linked to the Chicago Bulls, Obi Toppin from Dayton. Give us the comp you gave everybody else on Twitter. I'm not talking about Obi Toppin before or not. Give, not us, give us the player comp. Oh, give Kenny Skywalker. And I'm not so. Kenny Skywalker out of Kentucky, man. Man, y'all can keep Obi Toppin, man. <laughs> keep him. Man, that's cool. Like I said, if the bull and listen, if the Bulls take him fourth, actually that's who Michael Jordan might take, Chris. That's an MJ pick, man. If the Bulls take Obi Top in fourth, man, my boycott of the Chicago Bulls with a team. I'm not watching that. <laughs> not watching that. The podcast, according to sources, man, go follow us. We are live and up streaming on all platforms. Uh, the next time we'll be with you, we'll be talking about the conference semifinals for the playoffs, previewing those series, and have a little more about the Chicago Bulls and what's going to be happening uh, with the number four pick and free agency coming up before the NBA draft. As always, my guy Brian Crawford, B underscore Crawford, the number four and D, and my guy Chris Kaysen at C4Dunk. You can check us out. Follow us. Matter of fact, let me be a good producer right now. There you go. <laughs> You're on your job. There you go. Wait, there you, you go. Got, wait, you got Chris Nane covered up. I couldn't cover it up, but. Uh oh, we got to drop that. There, there you, you go. go. I got it. There you go. There you go. You can follow all of us right there SD2 Mics, B underscore Crawl 4D, Chris Kaysen at C4 Dunk. Before I let you guys go, uh, C4, any other pieces coming up? I talked about the piece you did on the NBA bubble and interviewing uh, the doctor down there and how they're uh, taking care of the NBA bubble and making sure there are no breakouts or outbreaks. They've been very successful Yeah. Uh, along with the NHL, who I think has done a great job as well with their bubble. Anything else you're working on? Uh, yeah, well, I just talked – it should be coming out uh, this week. I just talked to um, – like uh, Dr. Robbie Seeker, he's the uh, Timberwolves uh, Vice President of Basketball Performance and Technology. He's been a guy that's kind of helped spearhead uh, the research of the coronavirus uh, is a huge part of why, you know, the NBA restart is going on now. Uh, right now, the league has basically helped fund this um, this new testing model called Saliva Direct. And basically the goal is to get uh, more testing into at-risk communities, so that piece should uh, that piece should be out. I think sometime this week. Uh, very informative, just talking about you know how this is supposed to help get make more testing available. It's a cheaper uh, version of the tests, more comfortable because it's taken from saliva as opposed to just the nasal swabs that um, are very common now. So yeah, very informative piece coming out. And what's going on for you down there, producer, BC? Uh, man, you already know what I'm working on. I can't even speak on it, but I'm like, I'm like, dang, Lillard, man, put some respect on my name, man. <laughs> Yo, BC, BC is working on something that's so deep, deep undercover. I hate the fact that I even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, real talk. Like, I hate that you even told me. I'm sitting here like, why did he tell me this? I would just much rather be in the dark, but it's big, had, man. It's big time. I had to tell somebody, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it somebody. is big time, and I can't wait for you to come on here and talk about that and then possibly, you know, get some people involved so we can really dig deep into that project, man. But my guys, C4 Dunk, Ryan Crawford, as always. Oh, before we go, we got to do this, man. What did you guys listen to? What, what, what were you rocking this week? Uh, that new Nas. That new Nas. You like that? You know yeah. what, man? I did. And I was like, it was one of the things. I was at the gig. I was listening to it. And then it went off. I'm like, damn, it's over. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was rocking. Like, you know, like, you know, I was like, finally, after 20 yeah. something years, you finally listen to the people. I'm like, yo, get you some good beats to rap on. Exactly. Get you some good beats to rap on. And then you did that, you gave us like 35 minutes. Right. Well, pretty much, he, he, he changed producers, but he stuck to the Kanye model. Man, listen, Hit Boy and Nas was a it was a hit. Yeah, I like that. It was dope. Yeah, yeah. I listened to like four songs, man, while I was on the elliptical this morning. I pretty much I pre I appreciated. It. I was like, man, how many more shots is he gonna throw at Khalees on this album, man? I'm like four songs in. Hey, <laughs> you seen, have you seen that child support? I'm throwing shots every time I step in the booth. Every time I step in the booth, I got something to say. Subliminals, everything. I think yeah. it's pan out. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm throwing shots every which way. That don't even make no sense for a rapper to even have this type of child support. That's stupid. That's crazy. Like Nas don't even see a poor. I don't even know what type of money Nas make to be able to afford that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, but I think I, reading the, his book, I think him and Steve Stout made some moves together, especially before everything blew up out on the West Coast in Silicon Valley. Yeah. I think he got in early on some of that stuff Nas did with Steve Stout. So I, I think Nas is straight. I mean, I he definitely straight. He definitely straight. To be paying that, he's good. You know what I'm saying? He is good. And definitely shout out to Big Mensa, man. I love his product. This oh, is the Big Mensa man. I like. Let me tell you this something. This is the Big Mensa I like. I like this Big Mensa, not the weirdo one. The weirdo one. Right. This one right here, he he spitting. I like this one. I gotta hear it. Yeah. Yeah, the freestyle was crazy. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. So, man, according to sources, go follow us on all streaming platforms, man. Listen to previous podcasts. We'll see you next time we dig into the playoffs. Three-man weave, three dudes from the game that love the game, talking about the game. We'll check you out next time, man. We appreciate you guys.